Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. to be a lion tamer. Some amateurs, they're lion tamers, use both whip and chair, but never, never when the lion is eating. Okay, king of beasts, on your feet. Time to get tamed. Up, boy, up! Stubborn, eh? Hey, it looks like I gotta crack the whip on this critter. You know something? I never knowed what a lion tamer needed a chair for. Give me that dirt chair! Uh-oh. Now I know. A lion hits a lion tamer with it. Man, I just barely made it. Hey, boy, you mind if I get back in my own cage? Sorry, sir, my mistake. They keep sending in boys to do a man's job. <laughs> Gee, Wes, I got to learn sometime, don't I? what one of these feels like. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm giving my mom a hard time. She's, no, I didn't, she didn't spank me enough, apparently. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, well, lions, lions are scary. When you have to square off against a lion, it can be one of those knee-buckling, uh, nervous moments of your life. How many of you have ever faced a lion? Yeah? A few of you? All right, if you haven't faced a lion yet, you just haven't been living long enough. Uh, you will square off against a lion at some point, and you'll wish you had a whip, right? And we learned last week that uh, we are called to be lion tamers. And, and last week, you'll remember I told you that lion tamers have to know a few things. First of all, they got to know a good eye doctor, because how many of you recognize that your eyes can take you into dangerous moments, and you can square off against a lion that you were never supposed to even square off against because we don't deal with our eyes. Just because everything looks good doesn't mean it is good, right? And so I hope you've been guarded in your eyes this week. We, we said that we shouldn't be surprised when God sends us lions because lion tamers know that they will be sent lions, right? Everything that goes on in your life is not necessarily from the enemy. I'm already preaching, y'all aren't even with me yet. Uh, we blame everything on the devil, but God sends us lions sometimes because he recognized we've been trained to face a lion. And if he doesn't send us a lion to square off against, our lion taming skills get kind of slack and we're not where we need to be, right? And he also knows this, your greatest victories in life are based upon your ability to face the lions that he sends you. You don't get to go to the greatest victories till you deal with the lions first. David taught us that, remember? And then, then last but not least, we, we said that out of the hunted moments of your life, you can find sweetness. 
Anybody had that testimony? That out of the most painful moments of your life, there are, that is most like, if we'll go back and find those places and walk back into those places of battle, back into those places of terror, when we, after some time, is the way it said it in the text about Samson, after some time he went back and he found honey inside the lion that was assigned to kill him. Many of you have been running from the painful moments of your life. You've tried to forget the painful moments of your life. But after some time, God wants to bring you back to that place and allow you to find sweetness in what was supposed to eat you and so I just hope you've been finding some honey well I'm not going to crack the whip too much this morning on you but I want us to go back into this concept of lying taming I want you to join me in Daniel oh you go oh I can check out I know this story so well that I don't even need to need even need to listen on this one but I want you to stay with me this morning some new ideas here from Daniel chapter uh, 6 beginning in verse 4 the Bible says this the vice regents and governors got together to find some some old scandal or skeleton in Daniel's life that they could use against him but they couldn't dig up anything he was totally exemplary and trustworthy they could find no evidence of negligence or misconduct Verse 6, the vice regents and governors conspired together and they went to the king and said, King Darius, live forever. We convene, we've convened your vice regents, governors, and all your leading officials and have agreed that the king should issue the following decree. For the next 30 days, no one is to pray to any god or mortal except you, O king. Anyone who disobeys will be thrown into the lion's den. Issue this decree O king and make it unconditional as if written in stone like all the laws of the Medes and the Persians and King Darius signed the decree he apparently had a big ego and thought this was pretty cool so he signed the decree so when Daniel learned that the decree had been signed and posted he continued to pray just as he always had always done his house had windows in the upstairs that opened towards Jerusalem Three times a day he knelt there in prayer, thanking and praising his God. The conspirators came and found him praying, asking God for help. And they went straight to the king and reminded him of the royal decree that he had signed. Did you not, they said, sign a decree forbidding anyone to pray to any God or man except you for the next 30 days. And anyone caught doing it would be thrown into the lion's den. Absolutely, said the king. Written in stone like all the laws of the uh, Medes and Persians. And they said, Daniel, one of the Jewish exiles, ignores you, O king, and defies your decree. Three times a day he prays. And at this, the king was very upset, and he tried his best to get Daniel out of the fix he had put him in. And he worked at it the whole day long. But then the conspirators were back. Remember, O king, it's the law of the Medes and Persians that the king's decree can never be changed. The king caved in. And he ordered Daniel brought and thrown into the lion's den. But he said to Daniel, your God to whom you are, all, you are so loyal is going to get you out of this. It's kind of impressive that a, uh, a pagan king had a whole bunch of faith, right? He, he, said, he said, your God, you've been loyal to him. He's going to get you out of this. And so a stone slab was placed over the opening of the den. And the king sealed the cover with his signet ring and the signet rings of his nobles, fixing Daniel's fate. Then the king, the, the king then went back to his palace. He refused supper. He couldn't sleep. He spent the night fasting. And at daybreak, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And as he approached the den, he called out anxiously, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve so loyally saved you from the lions? Here was Daniel's response. 
Oh, king, live forever, said Daniel. My God sent his angel who closed the mouth of the lions so that they would not hurt me. I've been found innocent before God and also before you, O king. I've done nothing to harm you. And when the king heard these words, he was happy. He ordered Daniel taken up out of the den. When he was hauled up, there wasn't a scratch on him. He had trusted his God. Lion taming truths. Two lion taming truths that we need to pick up from Daniel's life story. I know you know this story. I know you learned it in children's church, but maybe a little different way of looking at things this morning. Two lion taming truths that we have got to embrace and got to come to grips with this morning. The first one is this. A lion tamer knows that they don't face lions when they face them. That's kind of strange, isn't it? That's a little odd, isn't it? Most people usually focus on Daniel's courage in the lion's den itself. But, but curiously, I, I noticed something as I begin to read this text. I, I noticed that out of this account, there's not much description about what takes place in the lion's den. Go back and read it for yourself. You ought, to, you ought to go research. Go back into Daniel and read the first five chapters. And what you discover is that there's 153 verses prior to the lion's den that describes, lion, that, that describes Daniel's experience, Daniel's life, what he's going through, but very little spoken about while he's actually in the den. In fact, the only thing that we're told about Daniel's experience in the lion's den is on the day after he's thrown in there when the king comes and says, what's going on? Are you still alive? He says, God, close the mouth of, of the lions. I'm okay. So all we know is that. There's just not much information. In fact, have you ever thought about this? Uh, Daniel could have spent all night crouched up in a corner somewhere scared to death. I know you've seen the paintings. The paintings are of Daniel sleeping on one of the lions, and he's using the lion as a pillow. But apparently whoever painted that ain't never been faced with a lion. I, as much as I trust God, I might have had to have been like trying to climb out of that pit. Like, like I want out of this place. We, we just don't know. See, what, we, what he teaches us is this, is that lion tamers don't face lions when they face lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can explain Daniel didn't face lions when he got into the den. He had squared off and defeated the lions before he ever got to the den. Yeah. He, he had made up his mind that regardless of what you do to me, my, my faith is sure, my path is set. I've already defeated all this before I get there. Y'all need to hang with me this morning because, see, uh, to be like, we all want to be like Daniel. Y'all remember that old song that we used to sing about Michael Jordan? I want to be like Mike. Well, well I, I want to be like Daniel. All of us want to be like Daniel. We want God to show up in our lion's den. The dilemma is, is that we won't defeat the lions before we get to the lion's den. Daniel didn't defeat the lions when he got to the lion's den. Daniel had already defeated them before he ever got there yeah yeah see uh, to, if we're going to be like Daniel then we got to serve God continually in every aspect of our life we got to have the courage and the faith to live in such a way that God actually has a platform by on which he can show up and reveal his faithfulness oh y'all missed that Daniel's life is a, an account of a man who lived so faithfully and with such integrity that at the moment of crisis, God had a platform on which to operate. He had squared off against these lines before he got there. See, I, I, I think that Daniel's lion den experience teaches us this, that, that it, those things turn out the way they do in Scripture because of his daily, ordinary, diligent prayer life and faith 
before he was ever thrown into the den. See, see, here's what I know. I think most people want to have a lion's den experience. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't want all the danger because we kind of like to play it safe. But all of us want these supernatural invasions of God where God shows up and shows off his power, shows off his strength to do huge things. We want God to come through in big ways. We want him to decisively display his deliverance. We want to show people that our God is still a God who can accomplish the impossible. Right? Don't we all want that to happen? The only problem is is that most of us never had that opportunity to prove God's faithfulness because when we face lions, we haven't proved our faith in God every day. I knew it was going to get quiet in here. See, uh, we gotta, we've got to face lions before we face lions. Let me see if I can get real basic and see if you can, can kind of grasp where I'm going. We want God to show up and, and, and perform this some huge supernatural financial miracle in our life, but we've never squared off against the lion. We won't even give him 10% of what we got now. So then when we fall in the lion's den and our, and our world's about to come apart and we don't know how we're going to pay the bills, we want to panic and develop great faith. Oh, God, if you'll just get me out of this mess I made, then I'll start. No, you're late. The lion showed up years ago. Yeah, we, 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 want, we want God to show up and have a lion's den moment at work and give us great favor with our boss and our employer. And the only problem is, is that on our daily work, we haven't shown ourselves faithful. We clock in late. We don't do hard work. We, we badmouth the boss. And then all of a sudden, we want God to show up and give us a lion's den moment. And God is saying, you've already blown the test. The lion showed up six months ago when you were sitting in your cubicle not doing what you were supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, we want God to show up at our schools, but nobody even at our school even knows we're saved. See, Daniel teaches us that we're not going to see God moves, move in a powerful way until we recognize that our real courage and our real faith is revealed long before we're ever taken actually in front of those lines. We've got to deal with the lines every day. Are you all with me this morning? So your ability to face and defeat lions will be determined by how you live and prepare before you face the lions. I probably ought to say that again. Your ability to defeat and face lions is determined by your ability and your determination to face lions before you ever face them. So in other words, I can bring it down like this. Before you square off against lust, you better have squared off against lust. Nobody has an affair because all of a sudden they wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to have an affair. They just didn't deal with the the, 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 the the lust long before they squared off against the Are you all hearing me this morning? we got to make up our mind before we ever get to the dilemma, before we ever get into the place of danger. We have to recognize that before we ever face the lions, we got to face the lions. we got to make up our mind. we got to deal with the anger and the, and the concept of revenge before we're ever given the opportunity to get mad or to get even. You know, we, oh, God, you help me from seeking revenge. Well, you better deal with that before you're given the opportunity to seek revenge or you'll seek revenge. You better deal with pride before you're ever promoted. You can't get promoted and then say, oh, God, keep me humble. Too late. You've already failed the test. You've got to deal with that long before you ever get to the lion's den. Daniel's life teaches us this, that if you are going to defeat the lions, you've got to defeat them before you face them. That's why most men fail. 
They don't deal with the lions before they face the lions. They they don't deal with, what am I going to do when I get in the hotel room with nobody by, around me and that show comes on TV? How am I going to do it? We get there and we flip on the TV, then we see the show, and then we go, oh, well, now I'm in a lion's den. What am I going to do? Well, you could have defeated that thing if you'd have dealt with it six months ago. Oh, shoot. It's quiet in here this morning because I hope some of you are thinking about what area of your life are you not proving faithful in right now that one day will show up as a life-threatening situation and you haven't proven yourself faithful now. It's called being diligent in the small things. It's talking, it's, it deals with being faithful now. It deals with being trustworthy now. It deals with setting up these guards in your life now so that when the day comes and somebody hauls up and throws you into the lines, then you're already, you've already won victory before you ever got there. Daniel's account doesn't tell us very much about when he's in the lion's den. It tells us a whole lot about what he was doing before he got to the lion's den. He was praying. How many of you know it's easier to pray in the lion's den? Oh, God, save me, save me, save me. Daniel had already done all that before he got there. Some of us are late. You're waiting for the lion. How many of you have ever lived your life... uh, Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Does that make sense to you? Where you're just kind of holding your breath. Oh, something bad's going to happen. I can just feel it. I can just sense it. I'm just waiting. I'm just living life waiting on it. And then we get there, and then we want to develop faith. And then we want to develop trust. And then we want to develop prayer life. Daniel lived his life so that he was ready all the time. Some of you are not ready for the lions because you haven't dealt with the lion. What are you going to do? When you, are, when you are face-to-face with severe sickness, then you better make up your mind what you're going to do when you're healthy. What are you going to do when your spouse passes away? And, and you're lost and you don't know what to do and despair. and de- What are you going to do? You better make up your mind before it happens. What are you going to do if one of your children goes crazy? You better figure it out before they go crazy. What are you going to do if you lose your job? You better figure it out before you lose your job. I'm trying to help you this morning. You've got to figure out what you're going to do before you get in the den. What are you going to do if some things go right? What are you going to do if God steps in and gives you $10,000 tomorrow? Oh, I can figure out what to do. No, you, No, not unless you deal with it first. What are you going to do if you get promoted? I'll handle it when I get there. No, you won't. In fact, you probably won't ever get promoted. Because you haven't. Are y'all, are y'all here? You face lions before you face lions. The, the second thing that Daniel teaches us is this, is that lion tamers understand. We don't like to understand this. and we gotta, I want, If you don't catch nothing else, catch this this morning. Lion tamers understand that they are living a watched life. The Bible declares that Daniel's enemies were looking for a way to accuse him. However, Scripture says this is probably one of the greatest testimonies. I, I, we can, you know, we can read Paul's testimony. I was the greatest sinner. We can, we can read all these great testimonies in the New Testament. But I think maybe, perhaps, the greatest testimony ever shared in Scripture is shared on Daniel's behalf. Did, did you hear what he says? Scripture says. They couldn't find anything in his life worth worthy of digging up. 
In fact, I read it to you out of the message, and it says they were looking for past skeletons, and he didn't have any. What a great testimony. It says that he was completely exemplary and trustworthy. What a great testimony. He recognized that he was being watched. These, these folks, they were watching Daniel. You, you just need to understand something this morning. Like it or not, you live in a glass house. At the moment that you claim Christ as your Savior, you instantly, as a lion tamer, go on display and people begin to watch you. We hate that. I hate that. I, I don't care what they think. I'm going to live like I want to live. The only problem is they're watching you. Daniel recognized that. I want you to notice what happened. Daniel has lived at such a level of excellence that these people had to work to get him in trouble. So they, they, they go out and they make up a new law forbidding anybody to pray so they can get him thrown into the lion's den. And yet he still prays. That's real courage. That's real faith. Yeah. yeah. Newsflash. Newsflash this morning. Let me, let me share some important news with you. People are watching you. Your life is being examined. Your testimony is being tested on a daily basis. You are being watched constantly and consistently. And people are trying to see whether you really believe and live what you say you believe and live. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, is that most of our enemies don't have to make anything up. I still love you, but I'm just telling you the truth. Daniel's enemies had to fabricate falsehoods to get him in trouble. But our dilemma today is that we live at such a low level and we choose to, to, to walk to so close to the edge refusing to do what the Scripture says which is to avoid the very appearance of evil. I don't know what's happened in our society, in our, in our Christian walk. All I know is I get more questions about, can I do this as a Christian? Is this okay? Is that okay? Can, can I do this occasionally? Is it all right if I do this? Can I still proclaim Christ? If I do? We've missed it. We're being watched. In fact, they're making judgments not about you, but about your God based upon how you live your life. That's what Daniel happens to Daniel. The king says, look, I've seen you be so loyal to him. God's got to be powerful. He's got to have the ability to get you out of this. By Daniel's lifestyle, he, the king ascertained that the God that he served must have some strength and ability. And then our problem is, is we will not live above reproach to save our life. Oh, y'all, I know you don't like me much right now, but that's all right. We just need to understand that our witness our testimony, and our God is diminished in the eyes of others if we don't live at such a high level that people have to make stuff up about us. For some reason, it seems to me that there are very few lion tamers in this day and age who are, who are forced to face bogus, false lies about them because we don't live at such a pure holy righteous level that they say man there's nothing in his life that I can attack 
I'm preaching this morning. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Above reproach. Your enemies should have to make stuff up about you. All that we would live, learn to live again as lion tamers above reproach, so far removed from, from, from low living, so far removed from sin that people watch us and go, man, there's something different about them. The only way they spot us now is if we wear the right kind of t-shirt that says Jesus on it. Without any t-shirts, bumper stickers, fish on his chariot, somehow Daniel's king recognized there's something different about him. His accusers had to make stuff up. We see it again in the New Testament. The Bible says that Jesus' accusers had to actually pay people to lie about him. See, it's imperative imperative for us to remember that as lion tamers, your life is on display. Your testimony will be either established or destroyed by your daily walk. Can I, can I help you this morning? Your testimony will not be defined by what happens when you get into the lion's den because when you're in the lion's den, people expect the lions to destroy you anyway. Your testimony and your walk is defined and determined by how you walk on a daily day-to-day basis they watch you and they determine before there are ever any lions in your path whether or not you're a lion tamer the Bible says in in Titus chapter 1 verse 6 we're instructed to live above reproach do you know what the word reproach means there here it is listen stay with me I'm almost done The Bible is saying this, live above accusation. That's what the word means. That means that they can't even find anything to accuse you of. I saw him out last night. He was out. You wouldn't believe where he was out, man. You should have seen what side of town he was in. I saw him parked in front. You you don't. Paul demands in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, this. He says, to be careful how we walk. That's, that's lion taming truth right there. You've got to be careful how you walk. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. In other words, he's watching for an opening. He's watching for a letdown. He's watching for an opportunity to tell lies on you. We need to live at such a level that people have to make stuff up about us. I'm concerned that most of us don't live there. Most of us give our adversary and give our accusers ammunition. They don't even have to make anything up. They can tell the truth and get us in trouble. So here's the million dollar question. When is the last time you got in trouble for something you didn't do? I didn't ask you if you got in trouble for something you did. When is the last time you lived your life at such a holy level that people had to make stuff up and you got in trouble for something you didn't even do? Are y'all listening to me this morning? I'm tired 
of our enemies being able to tell the truth about us. Is it all right with y'all if our enemy starts having to lie about us? Yeah, I, 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 want us to, I want you and me and all of us to live at such a righteous, holy level that all of a sudden people in our community have to tell lies on us. And here's the, here's the kicker. Nobody will even believe them. Well, I saw him down at the club. No, you did not know him better than that. I've watched him live faithfully for 20 years. He ain't going to no club. They just drive a car like his. You're out of your mind. I saw him with another woman. No, you are nuts. I know him better than that. He loves his wife. He would never do anything like that. Our enemies don't have to do that much anymore. They just say, he was at the club. He did go to lunch with her. Tells the truth. So are y'all hearing me this morning? Please, if you're going to be able to defeat the lions in your life, you've got to go back to living above reproach. Because here's the truth that you got to understand. You never get a day off as a lion tamer. You can't ever let your guard down. You can't take a moment off. There's no vacations in Christianity. There's no vacations in holiness. There's no vacations in purity. You've got to live at such a manner that you recognize people are watching you. I don't want to live that way. Tough. When you look like a lion tamer, on display whether you like it or not and so I'm encouraging this morning to stay alert stay holy stay pure make somebody lie that's a different kind of word from a pastor isn't it? make somebody lie about you because you're living above reproach I, I, I want us to have a church full of Daniels that the Bible says that he was totally exemplary and totally trustworthy. When we do that, lions will be defeated. When we get to that place where we live like that, then there won't be anything. People coming to Julie and myself going, oh, you don't know about your church members, man. If you knew where they were spending their time, what I hope for and long for and believe for the day's going to come when somebody comes to say that to me and I research it and go well they made that up yeah that's what I hope for because here's the truth and I'm done if you don't guard your witness listen if you don't guard your witness you'll lose it And how many of you know it's harder to get your witness back once you've lost it? Daniel didn't have to work real hard about his witness. Oh, he worked hard. He just did it before they accused him. Because he had squared off against that lion before he faced the lion. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you that you've got to make up your mind on some issues before you face them. And you've got to recognize that you are being watched on a daily, moment-by-moment basis don't think that nobody will see me are y'all hearing me this morning you cannot buy the lie that nobody will notice because your kids will and your neighbors will 
and the, 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 the teachers at your kid's school will and your boss will and your friends will and your people sitting next to you will and they won't have to tell any lies about you. They can just state the truth and your, your life will be... Listen, hang on to your witness. It's all you've got. You've got to work on it. Father, this morning, I pray that you would teach us to face lions. I pray that in this room today that individuals would square off against those man-eating lions before they ever face them. God, there are individuals under the sound of my voice this morning that need to make some decisions about lust before they ever face lust. God, there are some individuals under the sound of my voice that need to face off against the the concept of being sick before they're sick so they'll know what they're going to do once they do become sick. God, there are some folks under the sound of my voice that need to deal with what am I going to do when, when I'm, I'm favored and what am I going to do when I'm successful and what I'm going to do when I'm promoted. Help them to square off against that line right now. God, there are some folks here that may need to square off against the concept of anger and revenge before they're given any opportunity to seek revenge. Father, I pray that as your children, you would teach us to prepare ahead of time. That we would face those things before we have to face those things. So that when we find ourselves deep in a lion's den, victory will have already been won. The, the decision will have already been made. God, I pray for my men in this room that we will face off against temptations before they're ever brought our way we'll, we'll deal with the issue of the TV in our room the, the, the computer in our office the, the, the woman in the office next door, God we will square off against that before we're ever given the opportunity because we don't want to make a mistake God I pray for some ladies in here that are going to face some tough situations in life disappointing moments in their life I pray that before they ever square off against that they will have determined in their own mind they will have given you a platform to show up on before they ever get there their, their life will be so diligent their faith will be so secure their, their strength will be so strong that before they ever get there the lions will have already been defeated Father we want to have those lion dens moments where you show up powerfully I pray that for our life we would live so faithfully and so purely that when we arrive in the lion's den and we all will that you will have a platform from which you can show great strength and great power and it won't be one of those moments where you show up and show off and bring a miracle in spite of us and you override months and years of slackness and weakness and but instead, others around us will go, well, we know God's going to show up for you because we've seen you live so faithfully, so purely for so long. We don't even doubt it. I pray that that would happen in our lives. God, I call us once again to a level of living that would be marked by holiness, that we would be very careful to understand that our life is on display and we are not just showing people us, we are showing them you. 
And God, I pray that we would live above accusation, that nobody would even be able to have any ammunition to use against us. They could search and, and, and go on searching and, and, and in our life and not find any skeletons. Because we decided long ago to live our life holy and pure. God, I pray you'd remind us that we're living a watched life. And as we're watched, Father, I pray that they would see you and our testimony would be secure. And we would watch and we would pray and we would be alert and we would be on guard and we wouldn't give our enemy any ammo against us. We would live at a level of righteousness that is avoiding the very appearance of evil. So, Father, I pray over my folks today this prayer. God, I pray that they would live so holy that people would have to start making stuff up. God, I pray that the enemies of their life would begin to have to make some stuff up. They couldn't just tell the truth about them anymore. I pray that they would have to make something up about them because their life is so holy and so trustworthy and so pure. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, Steve, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. He's not my Lord. And I know in my own strength and my own power, I can't square off against the lions of my life. I know that I can't live at that level of holiness and righteousness that you're calling us to because Jesus isn't in my life. And I recognize that the only way I can be that holy is as he makes me holy. If that's you and you want Jesus to come into your life this morning, it's real simple. It's as simple as asking him and inviting him to live in your life. He'll make an adjustment in you. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand and pull it right back down so we can pray intelligently for you. Is there one this morning that wants to surrender their life to Jesus and give over control so that he can help you live above reproach? Is there one? Father, search our hearts, know our minds. Father, I pray you'd release folks today out of this house. And Father, whether they leave here and face the scariest moment of their life ever or if it's just daily life I pray that even now they would begin to prepare for those lions and lions would be defeated and we would walk away victorious based on our ability to live as partners with you righteous in you holy in you Father we'll praise you for it in Jesus name and everybody said It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 